Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Wisdom Seekers class. My name is Cece Collins, and I'm your teacher for today. And my topic is uh, Christ Revealed in Us. And the Lord has been speaking to me about um, my role as a son. Of course, you know, we're always being spoken to about, about that. Um, and all the messages from the house um, uh, line up with that as well. But it's been, basically, it, it started off was the phrase, Christ revealed in me. The Lord had been speaking to me about Christ being revealed in me. And it had been resonating in my spirit for, you know, some time now. And as I began to pray about what the Father wanted me to speak on today, uh, that was just obvious. The Lord just kept speaking that to me. But I didn't want to make this message about me because it's not about me it's about us isn't it so and and some of them uh, and i know just a few wednesdays ago pastor um spoke about being formed and i had already had my topic and already had a lot of my outline already um created and so i i, I really felt like that was just a confirmation from god about um about what i was supposed to go forward in also our um seminar coming up is understanding the times and in in that it's not i know pastor says he's not going to be talking about when christ is going to come back you know and about um of course there's going to be some stuff you know about that's going to be revelant about what's going on in our world today i'm sure so, uh, the messages will be aligned with that as well but it's going to be our role as a son in the end times and um and our role as a son is we pattern our life after christ um and we, it ha, he has to be revealed in us in order for us to be able to operate in that capacity. And as Pastor has said on more than one occasion that Jesus became the Christ when he took uh, on the role as a son. And in line upon line, um, I'm going to quote out of Stacy's book, it says, Jesus became the Christ when he, as a son, accepted the commissioning of the Father, the Heavenly Father, and went forward in power of the anointing of God to accomplish the task given him by the Almighty God. And as sons, we have to pattern our life uh, after uh, the life of Jesus. Amen. So our, our wor word is revealed, is the word we're going to be focusing on today. And it's the Greek word, and it means uh, the apocalypto, and it meaning to take the cover off, to, to, uh, to disclose or to reveal something. It conveys, a, it conveys the meaning of the applied apocalyptus, or the demonstration of the mystery. So I'm going to begin in uh, Matthew. Matthew 11, 25, 30. And I entitled this, um, uh, Revealing the Gospel. Verse 25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank, and I thank you, exomologio, uh, and it means to acknowledge or to agree fully, to confess or profess the O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid. And this, our word here is uh, apocrypto. Uh, and it means to, to uh, conceal away or to fully conceal away, to keep secret or to hide something. These things from the wise and prudent. And hast them revealed unto babes. Verse 26. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth but the Son, 
no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whosoever the Father will reveal him. Verse 28. Come unto me, all you that labor. And labor uh, means to work hard or to toil. And it also can be fatigued because when we, when we do uh, labor before the Lord, especially in intercession, we can have that, that spirit of fatigue that can come, come across us. And it's our um, Greek word, and it, it's kopiko. Uh, and it's, um, <clears throat> and the scripture says, and our heavy laden. And he heavy laden is our word for tisdo. And it means to be overburdened. So sometimes our work for the Father can be overburdened, right? I mean, we can, we can walk in that place of, um, of feeling uh, fatigued and, and overburdened, especially burdened for the things of the world that we, that we uh, intercede for and, and for people's lives and the things that we see, you know. It, it can be a real weightiness on our spirit. But the Word says that He will give us rest. And this rest is anapro, anapo. And it means a refreshing, a refreshing. So the Father will refresh us in our tasks that we do for him. Verse 29, it says, take my yoke. And the yoke is an obligation or a servitude before the Father. He said, take my yoke, my obligation, my servitude upon you, and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. And this rest is, is a recreation. So, isn't it wonderful to think that before, when we spend time before the Lord, that we're actually in recreation, you know? <laughs> we're actually, and a lot of times we can, you know. I, I know that, you know, some, uh, whenever I enter into a time of intercession, I can come away from there being really refreshed and rested, you know, before the Lord. And he just it gives you a renewing of your spirit. And he says, Arrest unto your soul. And um, verse uh, 30 says, For my yoke, for my obligation, my servitude before you, Father, is easy, and my, the burden is task, our service, and it is light. And it is. It really is. It's, it's, it is tall, but it's also, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because it can be heavy laden and it can be a burden. But then on the other hand, it's such refreshing and rest before the Father. It's just... One of those things, you know, I mean, you kind of like an oxymoron, you know. <laughs> I mean, you all know, you've all experienced it.
love that, Les. I appreciate you bringing that um, aspect out because really when we go in before, when we labor and work before the Father, you know, it is, we, we are renewing our spirit. We are coming out as a brand new person. So it is recreating us in the image of him. Amen. So Jesus was teaching and preaching in the cities in verse 25, and he thanked his father that he had hid and kept secret these things from the wise and the prudent and has revealed them unto his babes. And the wise and the prudent uh, were the teachers and the scholars of the law, and they didn't understand the teachings of Jesus. Uh, and the babes are those who don't believe that believe Je what Jesus taught. Jesus says nothing will be revealed to him except through the father. And our Father is the one who reveals things to us as well. But what does it require? It requires us spending time in uh, the Word and time, uh, you know, before His throne in, in order for Him to be able to um, impart to us the thing that He's wanting to impart to us. We have to have that communication, that relationship with the Father for us to be, be uh, recreated, as Les said. That was great, Les. I like, I like that. Thank you. Our next part here is the people's opinion of Christ, and it's in Matthew 16, 13 through 17. Verse 13 says, when Jesus uh, came into the coast of Caesarea uh, and Philippus, uh, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do you say that, I, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some say Helaus, and some say Hermanius, are one of the prophets. In verse 15, he, he says unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So this flesh and blood is saying man had not revealed this unto him. The only way that he really knew is because the father had spoken it to him. And the father, the father had revealed it to him. It wasn't flesh and blood. It wasn't man. It wasn't the scholars and the teachers of the law. But it was the spirit, the pneuma. The breath of God had breathed that into him. And Jesus uh, asked his disciples, that, Who do men say that I am? And Simon answered him saying, that he was the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus tells him that the Spirit had revealed it to him. The Spirit will reveal things to us as well, as long as we press into that place in him. But we have to be there at that, at that right hand in order to hear it. Amen? Uh, the next part I have entitled, Blinded Eyes and Hardened Hearts. And it's in John 12, uh, 37 through 41. And it says, But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him, that the saying of Hesaias the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report, and to, and to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because uh, that Hesaias had uh, said again, He had blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, that they should see not with their eyes nor understand with their hearts and be converted and I should heal or, or make whole them these things said Hesaias when he saw his glory and spake of him and glory here is doxus and it means the honor the dignity 
It means operating in the proper timing and carrying out the Father's will, <laughs> representing the Father uh, uh, in, in the lives that we, in, we encounter. But how many do you know that have uh, blinded eyes and hardened hearts? I mean, we have a world full of those kind of people. And, you know, uh, God did this to people back in, in, back in the Bible days. And I believe that there are people that, are, <coughs> that have walked out of covenant promises with the Lord that, that their eyes are blinded. They're following the wrong doctrine. They're, they're, their hearts are hard. They're, they have a, a calloused heart before, the, the, you know, the precious... Um, the spirit of the Lord and they've walked away and they've just chosen a different pathway or are not even chosen one at all I mean I know a lot of people that that say that they you know they're, they're Christians and they proclaim to be Christians and and they they go to church and they even you know sit in, in underneath ministries but they don't when they leave there their lives are just so different you know they and, it, and it's just hard. It, it, it's troubling your spirit when you want to see, you know, when you, you're praying for, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on this earth, and for, for you to be, have to rub noses with people that, that, and I know all of us do this in the workplace. Right. started talking less and about people you know just in quote unquote church that's where I was I was quote unquote in church you know mm-hmm. here before our conversion and I can honestly say that I love the Lord but I was not looking to be changed as a matter of fact that that thought had never crossed my mind I knew that if I read the Bible or things happened that you know, I might, my mind might be changed, or I might learn something, so it wasn't like I wasn't learning anything, but, you know, we actively pursue and yield ourselves to the process for change, which is a completely different mindset than just allowing, you know, the preacher to say something you never heard before and go, wow, but even when you hear that, do you walk out the door and do that? I mean, I was here for five or seven years before this happened. And I know he preached many things that I probably should have been doing. <laughs> I can't recall doing any of them. <laughs> and you know, that was no fault of his, really. You know what I'm saying? But we had no we had no apocalypsis. We weren't pursuing mm-hmm. the mystery in this way. And that's what pursuing the mystery is. 
It's that mystery being revealed in us so that we can change. But you have to have a mind for change. So that's why there's so many Christians that they're they're not bad people, but no. no one has led them in the pathway of being changed. And which and so many who have and the ones who came to our church for a few years before they left knew that pathway, but when an obstacle came that they needed to be changed by, they weren't. And that is why they left. They were not willing to yield to that process because the Lord will use the leadership and the things that are going on to offend us, and we have to submit and yield ourselves. And at other people, not just leadership, but so often that the leadership seems to be, you know, the one that's always under fire. And the Lord uses that because that's who we have to obey. We have to learn how to be obedient and obey authority. So it's always going to be, <laughs> there's always going to be that butting of the head against the authority and you have to either yield or you don't you fall away i mean it's it's a funny thing god uses you know the leadership as that point of you know well let me put this situation in front of you and see if you can actually be submissive and obedient to this man that you're under you know but it's really god you see we're really it's really about how we're being obedient to god <laughs> But we like to blame the leader. <laughs> well, it's the brokenness before the father. Yeah, so you know. But it is that's that's really where so much of it is in the church. An unwillingness to change but to submit as well. Well, I just wonder how many eyes are really blinded and um and hearts are hardened because they've they've chosen to you know the lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, even though they sit in the house of the Father, you know. I and think it's. I think that's a huge, huge component to those challenges because they don't want to give up the things that they're being told to to give up. Right. Well, I remember when I grew up. Um, you know, we were raised Catholic, and I was, you know, always I was required without a doubt. You just went to church. I mean. But it was like, you know, if we stayed up late Saturday night, it didn't matter what we did Saturday night. We were still at church on Sunday morning. And, I mean, it's just the wrong spirit, I mean, it, uh, to be able, I mean, and there's a lot of people that are like that, you know. Or are they just, they have priorities, um, and they just choose not to go to church or, you know, or not to, you know, stay in alignment with what God's doing. Well, one reason they, they look at people out in the world they do it, and I'm going to do it, regardless. And whenever they should be down on their knees praying, but they're out there wandering around. Well, I had a friend that had gone through, um, this is several years ago, they had gone through a divorce, and um, and the her husband had uh, started seeing another uh, woman in and they were just living their life, and you know they and they and actually they had both been in church, and they were just living their life. He went out and started uh, running around and got with uh, another woman, and they were out running around partying. And he, they looked like that in all aspect, they looked like they were perfect couple. They had everything going for them. They had a you know he had good money and everything, and his ex-wife 
was so envious of the life that he had chosen. And I had to keep to continue to keep telling her that, you know, you actually have the blessed life because you've chosen the good thing. You've stayed in church and served the Lord, even though you might struggle financially and you, you may feel like you're in lack because now you don't have a relationship. But you are really the one that's blessed. You know, you have all these, these uh, giftings from the Father, and he's actually, you know, walked away from that. And so, you know, it was just really hard ministering to her because she, she kept thinking about all the things that she had lost and all the things that he was providing for this other woman. But in aspect, I mean, why would you, you know, in reality, as a Christian, why would you really want all that? But the world can make you feel like you are missing out and that you are lacking in, um, in the things that you think that you need. But in actuality, it, it, you know, you don't really need them. So a lot of people can be blinded in that aspect. Mm -hmm. You know, they're thinking, you know, or it can be, it, they can be blinded in greed and, and um, use work as an excuse, you know, to be so busy and toll, uh, you know, with and labor before with their jobs and that they're not actually giving the Lord the time that he deserves. <coughs> Moving on, uh, uh, the next uh, passage is um, Faith Revealed. And it's in Romans 1, 16 through 18. And it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, for it is the dunamis power of God unto salvation for everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it, as, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Verse 18, For the wrath... And this wrath is our uh, a Greek word orge, and it means the anger, the vengeance, or the indignation of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And truth is our word an uh, analathia, and it means uh, something that is no longer hidden. So the power of God is given to everyone that believeth unto unto the Father. And this faith to faith is pistis to pistis, and it's hearing from the right hand of the Father in order, in, in order how to uh, know how to go forward. And the just shall live by faith, and the wrath of God, it does come down from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And those that hold the, uh, that hold the truth, that knows the, uh, the ways of the Father, but has chosen not to follow it. Still, and they still uh, follow unrighteousness. Verse 17 defines who we are. That righteousness, the righteous vision is revealed, apocalypsis. Unto us. Faith to faith. From the Every right hand, we're at the right hand. The Lord is going to reveal Amen. something. I mean, that is that is like intercession one hundred and one, right there. Amen, amen. And 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 it says the wrath of God is going to be revealed from heaven, and it does. It comes from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. 
But, you know, we've got to let the Father do that in, in situations and in people. And those that hold the truth but walk in unrighteousness, this is the verse, who hold the truth in unrighteousness, is those that know the truth but choose not to follow it is, um, is a scary place to be. But it's, but yeah. it's in an unrighteous just man. manner. I mean, that's, that's just really odd how that, that can happen. Um, and God, at some point, I mean, I mean, that's when that that's when that wrath is coming. Well, come on. And it's going to be released to target ungodliness and unrighteousness. So there, it's just really that, that whole phrase about holding the truth. Yeah, that really took me back, man. I had to, I had to kind of, you know, study that and look it up and see, because I mean, here you hold the truth, you know the truth, you know what the truth is, but then you choose not to follow it. I think there's a lot of uh, misconception in that verse, where um, there's many who believe that verse to say that that people think that the truth is in unrighteousness not the truth of the word, but the truth is held within that whole framework of unrighteousness. And they seek after that, such as philosophy and other things like that. Yeah. And uh, Oh, they seek the truth in unrighteousness. Yeah, they, I they, get what you're saying. and it's misinterpreted that way right. by many. Uh, but, but I'm glad you're bringing it out, what the truth really <laughs> is and what this verse really means. Oh, God is love. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Didn't God say that? That's a sends your warning and sentence right. Yeah. Up didn't God here. say yeah. yes? <laughs> we know that. We know that phrase pretty well, don't we? <laughs> but there's many that you know they hold the truth, but then they choose not to follow that pathway. Our next passage is Christ revealed, and it's in Romans eight, seventeen through eighteen. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the suffering of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. And this is our word, doxa, which shall be revealed in us. This is our title today, revealed, Christ revealed in us. So the doxa is the honor and the dignity that we, that we, um, we carry before the Father. And it's being able to move in the proper timing of the Lord in, in representing him. And the Father will reveal his plan and his purpose for uh, our life. Because as heirs and joint heirs with Christ, we stay in partnership with him to see his will accomplished. We do that through intercession and communion with the Father and through studying his word and being, being at his right hand. And we have to stay in that place with him in partnership in order to be able to hear uh, what the Father is speaking forth from his throne. You know, Cece, it's, it's very interesting that the Lord brought this to you today because, um, you know, the next passage you're going to get into in Ephesians 3 clarifies that, you know, the apocalypsis is the 
overall mystery of God. And it's it's a circular thing, which is why, you know, you look into it and people in their ancient minds would think, okay, you're looking into a basket, you're taking the lid off, but in the spirit realm, it's the overall mystery of God. And we pray in the spirit and we speak mysterion, which this next couple, you know, in Ephesians, you're going to get to draws from that. So I just think it's interesting that you know, you see that the righteous vision comes out of that overall mystery. And the orge, uh, the, the, the wrath or the, or the extended passion of God is going to be sent from heaven against these things from that bastion of his overarching purpose. And the glory is coming out of that apocalypsis. And, you know, I think we look at society today and all the things that have been so wisely mentioned today, it seems to be that all these things are an attack against that overall purpose yeah. of God. You know, it's like what Dennis just brought forth about, uh, you know, viewing their truth out of a false vision or a lack of vision. But God's overall purpose is going to come against that in a big way. But it's, it's like that overall purpose is at the center of all the attacks that are coming today. And the enemy has always been against that. Well, not always. He's not always been against it. Um, it, it said he was, a liar. he was a liar from the beginning. But, um, but, you know, the point, though, is, is that he was entrusted with fulfilling those aspects of that purpose. So at one point, he was toting the line, even though he was thinking these yeah. crazy things. So I, I think this is very interesting that the Spirit laid this on your heart to share today because I think it's really a rhema for us and on down the line, whether it's faith or whether it's righteousness or whether it's God revealing. I mean, I, I think all of us would like to see out of God's, <laughs> out of God's overall, overarching purpose, his, his, uh, his passion coming against ungodliness and unrighteousness Amen. in our day, you know? I think we're looking for that. And it'll happen. It'll <laughs> happen. You know, in God's timing, we just can't get ahead of God. And the next passage is uh, revealed unto us. So it's, uh, you know, first it's in us, and then it's got, it's unto us. Or actually, it's unto us, and then it's in us. But, um, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11 says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, no ear heard, neither had entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us. He has already spoken those things un into us, and he's done it by his pneuma, by his spirit. It says, For the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Every time I read this scripture, uh, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. I think of uh, of Stacy. I don't know why, but I've heard you say that phrase before, and it just one of those things that has just stuck with me. You know how you how things stick with people about when they hear things. Verse eleven: For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the uh, save the pneuma, the breath of God, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. So there's no, the, the scripture here is telling us that 
Everything that we receive from the Father comes through the Spirit, from the breath of God. And no man can know anything except uh, through the Father. Even Jesus, Jesus knew nothing. He was man as we, but he had that breath, that Spirit of God that uh, spoke to him and led him. And it says, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. That breath of God, that pneuma, that was um, poured into him in, in order for him to function as a son. God will reveal to us through his spirit and, and the deep things of God. Revelation knowledge will be poured out to us. <coughs> but it depends on God's plan and purpose for your life. Each one of us will receive that portion that the Father wants for us to have. And, and you know, it's all going to be done in, in different ways. It, uh, you know, someone may have... Um, a gifting, but the other may not have that same kind of gifting. You may not walk in that same gifting. But each one of us has been de designed and created for a purpose before the Father, and the giftings that the Father has for us uh, will be revealed. And it's through his spirit. It's through his pneuma. And this next part I entitled Fire of the Spirit, and that's 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. And I changed it up just a little bit. Um, I added some words and kind of changed it up. So it, it reads, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But I want to say it this way. It says, For no other foundation can a man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And that's right. No other foundation can we walk in that, uh, that has not been laid by, uh, and directed by the Spirit. Verse 12, Now if any man build upon this foundation of gold, silver, precious stone, hay, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifested, for the day shall declare it. And all the things that we do for the Lord is, it does not go unnoticed. It's going to be manifested in us. It's going to be manifested in our ministry, manifested in, in um, doing the work for the Father. The Father is, uh, is going to be shining that light down and giving us the things that we need. It says, because it shall be revealed by fire. And that re revealed by fire is revealed by his spirit. And it says, the fire shall try every man's work, what sort it is. And every man's work will be tried. If any man's work abideth which he had built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, and he will be saved how? He will be saved by fire. So if anyone builds their foundation on the things of this world, it's going to crumble. As a son, our foundation uh, will be revealed by fire, and the things that we have built for the Lord will be tried by his spirit. The thing that matters the most in our lives is what we do for God. The time we spent in prayer, fellowship with God, is what truly matters. And all the work that we do for the kingdom, none of it goes unnoticed by God. But we don't do it for that. We don't do it to receive man's uh, accolations or, you know, um, to be glorified by this world. You know, we do it um, because the Spirit has called us. Because of the burden, the passion that we have for the Father. Because we have been 
trained and taught because we're obedient sons, you know, because we have a leader that leads us and, and continually refines us and, 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 and brings forth, you know, powerful revelation knowledge to us. You know, we follow because we have a choice. We want to. You know, it's our choice. Each, each and every one of us have a choice. Praise God. The next part is by Revelation. Paul learned, and it's in Ephesians 3, 1 through 13, and it's uh, kind of a long passage. It says, For this cause I, Paul, a prisoner, but actually it, it, uh, he's a servant of Jesus Christ for the Gentiles. It said, If ye have heard of the dispensation, and this is Okadomia, it means the administration, especially a religious, of the uh, charise, the grace, the spiritual, especially the divine influence upon the heart of God, the gift that the Father has given us, of God, which is given me to you. So Paul is saying, if you only knew the things that, that the Father has given me to impart to you, the giftings, the grace, uh, the administration of the religious teachings that I have they, those things have been given to me by God he says verse 3 how that by revelation and this is our word apocalyptus he made known unto me the mysterion so the the the, uh, the, the revelation comes to us it, it's a mystery but it comes to us from our father it says as I have as I wrote a aforetime in few words whereby when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery the mysterion of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the spirit verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow uh, fellow heirs in of the same body and partakers of his promise in the uh, Christ by the gospel Whereof I was made a minister according to the, uh, the gift, the charisse of God, given me unto me by the effectual working of his dunamis, his power with me, within me. Unto me who am less, least than, less than the least of all saints, is this charisse given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. This whole passage right here is really speaks of us. Verse 9. And to make all men see what is the mystery of the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden. And this is our word, um, Apocrypto, in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principality and powers in heaven, heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Jesus Christ our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith, by the faith of him. Therefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulation. And the, the tribulation here is uh, Philippus, and it means the burden, the anguish, the persecution, and the affliction that he has to face. He says, which is your glory, which is your doxus? It means your honor, your dignity, the representing the father so this whole passage really speaks about our our commitment as a servant you know we we are we can say for this cause and you can put your name for this cause i and you can put your name in that in that blank because this 
this all speaks about the the things that the Father has imparted to us and and uh, the pathway that w that we walk on walk in 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 order to minister to um, the world and to make disciples and and sons in the kingdom. So as I spoke earlier, um, I mentioned earlier that I was raised as a Catholic, and I remember the priest speaking about um, the mystery of the gospel, but I never really understood what that meant. I mean, I always wondered, what are you talking about, the mystery of the gospel, you know? I wasn't really, I, and I didn't really understand what that meant until uh, I became an adult and uh, joined the Pentecostal church. And then I understood what that meant. It was through the conversion that I developed a relationship with Jesus Christ, which we were not taught that, actually, in the church, the Catholic church. And many people have no clue to what the word actually means. And when I became a saint and began to sit underneath the ministry of this house, a lot of the, my eyes have been opened to the truth of the gospel. And I'm thankful to all that fa the Father has done. I know all of you, you know, are, are thankful to your eyes to be open and for your life to be different than, it, than um, it used to be. You know, the passion, the burden. You know, it's, as a Christian, it's not just, you know, it's work. I mean, it's, it's toll. I mean, we have, you know, it's constant um, assignments. You know, our day is not really our day. Our day is really the Lord's. He gives us, you know, a portion of it to be able to enjoy as we choose. But we have to carve that time out for the Father. I mean, there's many times that, um, and I know all of you as well. I mean, you you know, you work all day, you get off work, and you like just go home and sit down and watch a little bit of TV. But what does that spirit keep telling you? You haven't prayed yet. You haven't prayed yet. You haven't prayed yet. Or waking you up extra early in the morning. Are waking you up extra early in the morning, as I heard Stacy say, that get up and pray, get up and pray. Oh, I want to sleep a little longer, you know. And so, you know, our life is not ours. I mean, it really isn't. I mean, we are, we are as Paul, we are a bondservant to Christ. And, you know, we, you know, through our life, you know, we have a lot of pleasure. The Lord gives us an opportunity to have a lot of pleasure, but, ple uh, pleasure, but you know, our commitment as a son is to him into his partnership, into his throne, into what he wants to see accomplished, and that communication with him. Amen. And I'm going to end with this scripture, and it says, Paul warns them of trials to come. 1 Peter 4, 12 through 19. It says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery um, trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, it may be, uh, ye may be glad also with exceedingly joy. Verse 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. And that's one of the seven spirits of God. But who of us really think that when we go through perse persecution that we're really to rejoice? None of us rejoice. You know, we don't rejoice when we get up at 4 o'clock and pray, you know, but we do it because God says do it. Well, it to me is that it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is here to try you. You know, 25 years later, and I still got You're still not. I'm just like, what? What is this? What is this thing that's happening? Oh, this is so strange. I know, and. It's like it's all brand new, you know. It, so you have to, like you said, you 
you have to, you're disciplined to turn your mind and perspective into the right way. But when anything ever initially happens, you're always like, wait a minute, what, what is this about? <laughs> you know, you are, you're like, we think it's some strange thing. This, ha this has happened to us, you know, it's happening to us. I just think that's such a funny phrase because I think just once, <laughs> I still, I still do that. <laughs> well, I, we all do. It's that flesh that's in us. Amen. Verse 15, but let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God and glorify uh, is we glorify God in our trials, but, you know, not something we really want to do. But we know that the Father's plan is perfect, and what we go through is his will. It says, glorify God on this behalf. For the time has come that judgment must begin in the house of God, and if it first begins in us, then shall be, and what shall the end of be of them that obey not the gospel? That really shudders me, that scripture. It says, and if it first begins in us, what shall the end be them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. We're scarcely going to be saved. I know. That I think, seriously, <laughs> scarcely going to be saved. By our, the skin of our teeth. And if the righteous scarcely... I know, it's, that's kind of a troubling, I underlined it right here. So as we go about our life in these uncertain times, let us cling to our relationship with God. Let us draw from that place of the right hand, not searching for anything else. Let us have faith, which is pistis, his plan and purpose for our lives. And I'll end with this, and it says, let Christ be revealed in you. So I pray that this was a... I want to bring up something else. I am really glad that being a busybody is really rated up there with murdering and thieving. Yeah, isn't that something? Doing. I know, I know. Because I don't think the church has really caught on to that. They're really walking in that holier-than-thou. They need to be in everybody's business making sure that everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. You know, i got to give a little testimony um, about that thing that you mentioned, the busybody in church. You know, we've, we've been members of uh, a couple of different churches in our adult life, and I want to have to say that this is the first church that I've ever gone to that you don't hear a lot of that. You don't hear about people snipping in people's business and gossiping and talking about the way that they live or, or just, I mean, it just doesn't happen here. It doesn't happen here. But it's just like, it's, it's a big painting place in most churches. I mean, the first, <laughs> it is. It's, 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 it's. Well, we're all old here. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, you know, the first thing you want to say is when you walk into the building, I used to he hear it all the time, where's so-and-so, where's so-and-so? I wonder why they didn't come to church. You know what I mean? It's so like you, count, you call row of the people that, you know, the, their seat is empty. Um, and just, and it's just a lot of 
worldly things, you know. And this is the first church that I've ever actually attended and gone to. I mean, even if I visited churches, it was still, you know, a lot of that same way. You know, the 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 busybody, the nosy and into people's lives and stuff. I mean, it's just a different, a different atmosphere. Of course, that's what God's called us all to be, you know. God's called us all to, to walk in that pathway. But not, not everybody, you know, operates in that way. So I have learned a lot um, over the years of, um, you know, it's really, it's just about the service we have before the Father. You know, it's the heart we have before the Father. And one thing I've uh, learned, and I've heard this uh, really a lot from Stacy. Um, I'm picking on her today. God help her. <laughs> but, I mean, I have. Um, you know, it's just, you know, we don't know what individuals go through. We don't know what that person is suffering right now. We don't, we don't know, and it's not really our business to know. It's, it's all in the accountability of the Father. And... Um, you know, we, we have to watch judging others and, and you know, actually condemning, you know, because, because that's not our place. You know, I've heard uh, Stacy say, each one of us has been created for a, a particular purpose. And God will align us and anoint us to, to be that individual that we've called to be. And we have to take care of us, you know, take care of ourselves and not other people, and let God be the one that, that, that does the rest. Amen? Amen. All right, do I have any more comments? <clears throat> well, I thank everyone for all their input. It, um, it really, really blessed me. It, it um, helped add to the lesson, and I'll just pray. Pray for each one of you that God will continue to do the work that he's called each one of us to do and that we will stay right there at the right hand. Amen.